Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Hi, friends, and welcome back to The Rework. This week's episode is number two in the Pixel to Product series that I recorded with Jed Toffer on this conversation podcast earlier in 2021. This particular episode is going to focus on pricing and the different types of pricing, the pitfalls of pricing, all things pricing. So can't wait for you to hear it and be able to apply some of the things that you may learn. All right, Alice and Tyler Jones, we're going to talk about pricing today. I'm excited. Well, my favorite, my, one of my favorite topics. Is it? Actually, it is because I've had so much trouble with it. And it's been my, I have hard won knowledge of this topic. It's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite topics too. Um, but mostly because I think in all the, workshops, constant, all the stuff. And I've said this before, but in all the, especially the one-on-ones, especially the one-on-ones and I've and maybe three or 400 of them where you're, where I'm sitting there and I'm talking to somebody one-on-one and it starts to get real, real fast, right? Yeah. They go real, real fast. 85% we end up talking about pricing the majority of the time. Let me let me start off by asking you why do you think that is? Well, I think it's kind of like the dirty little secret or mm. I don't know, it's the thing that people don't they do and don't want to talk about. They really do want to talk about it, but then people yeah. I, I just think it's kind of embarrassing if you feel like your pricing is supposed to be um, you feel like you should know, especially, I think there are people that have been doing it for a long time, but I would put myself in that category, you know, before I kind of like got my head around it, that I've been doing, doing it long enough to know what you're doing and then realizing like that you aren't doing it right. And I continually come up against that again and again, you know, in certain areas, like you could, how do you know which of your products is priced wrong is the one, mm. it's the one that everybody's buying. Mm. Oh, that's, that's what you're a... selling the most of is the one that's priced incorrectly. <laughs> now, is that is I mean, is that I think there's some wisdom there, but it always makes me nervous to 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 speak in such a with a broad generalization because now everyone's gonna be looking like what okay, what am I selling the most of? And then is it possible that they could go in and break things by, you know jacking with the price of that one thing. And then all of a sudden nobody's buying it and their sales averages drop. And that's my, that's me being paranoid. Yeah. Right? Well, and I, and okay. But, and that's, I think that actually to your earlier question, I think that actually is the answer because we're so afraid we're going to break it, you know, like, yes. like, okay, you got a price down. I put a number on it after being in the fetal position for three days. <laughs> now I can't ever change that because somehow <laughs> My clients are sitting at home with an Excel spreadsheet and they're refreshing my website going, Oh, look, she changed it. There it is. A dollar. There it is. Never going to her again. Who does she, <laughs> who the hell does she think she is? <laughs> I am never going to her again. Your, your, your 11 by 16 that was framed in that one gold frame last year, 235, just went up to 237. Done. Never coming back. I'm out. Never coming back. Obviously, you're a shyster. Obviously, never mind that you have a great relationship with my kids. You're the only ones that can get those heartbreaking expressions out of them. Done. Hate your guts. Never coming back. Hate your guts. Yeah. Well, but that 
we laugh, you know, this is one of those things where we laugh about it and, and we can joke around about it. But the reason that we're doing that in the first place is because it's so absolutely true. Like, this is where your mind goes when it comes to pricing. This is what happens internally when it comes to pricing. It's it's scary enough to make people freeze for years. Is it not? Yeah. Well, I re- I can't remember who it was that said somebody at PPA was saying, like, maybe it was Bridget Jackson. She said it shouldn't take longer uh, than having a baby to come up with a price list. And I'm like, oh, were you speaking to me? Because it pretty much took me like 10 months to come up with my first price list. That's an overdue baby. Yeah. 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 Well, but, but, but it does. I, where do people, where do people generally go wrong? Well, I think that, you know, there, there are basically three pricing strategies if you look at just business in general. And I think where we go wrong is either maybe not knowing what those are or getting stuck in the one that is the least helpful. There's three. In, in my mind, I'm sure there are, there are a million, you know, if you're looking at corporate, but generally for a portrait photographer, I think there are three, three basic, which would be like a competition based pricing, which is, you know, it's like sticking, licking your finger, putting it out to the wind. What's everybody else charging? Like yeah. looking at, like going around at, at the other photographers in your market and kind of getting a general idea of what people are charging. Right. That's the competition base. The next one would be cost-based, which is what we're taught if you're like a PPA member, right. um, you know, like that sort yeah. of thing where you're, where you're basically taking, what does this actually cost you to create this thing? And then you're, mm-hmm. you're uh, multiplying it by a multiplier of yep. some kind of percentage. Yep. And then the third one would, which is one that's not really talked about so much would be like more of a value-based type. And that is, What's the value of that? And that that takes that's a lot more complicated. It's a lot harder. And I think it's a higher, it's a higher concept. So I know many extremely talented photographers who've never gotten past competition base. There's still, even when you have a conversation, you in those conversations that you were just talking about earlier, you know, what's what is it that you're hearing all the time? Well, I can't charge that. Nobody in my town charges. Right. I'm already say it all the time. People like, say it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything is referencing other referencing some, this like nebulous competition out there. Do you look at those three options as a progression or three separate distinct options that have nothing to do with each other? Cause it sounds to me like in my mind, even if I mm-hmm. look back at our own business. That was basically our progression we started off just like because we didn't know we're looking around well, what does everybody how much should this be based on what everybody else does yeah we did that then we discovered after you know 18 months well we've been losing money this whole time <laughs> yeah we're actually paying to work we, we did we yeah. did and we were you know two three years go by and you're in debt and you're like what the heck's wrong well it's because we're paying everybody else to work for them yeah. and then and then we did the the second option we went through that process it was it was arduous and and painful because of how we had been doing it. And you have all these realizations, but then we were, we were in a good spot. And then we start graduate. We, in my mind, we did start to graduate towards that third option at some point where, you know, that there are certain things where you're like, this has a value that goes beyond just merely that formula. Right. And, and we, that was even product specific in a lot of ways for us. So in your mind, is there, is that, does that progression make sense or is that, does that just happen to be how we did it? And there is no progression in your mind. I think that it, I have seen a lot of people progress through that. That's, that's how I did it for sure. Um, If I had it to do over again, if I can tell anybody that was starting, I would say skip one, skip competition based. Sure. Like, the floor, the absolute floor is cost-based. That's the, that's the bare minimum. And we could go like, get out our friggin' boxing gloves and go toe to toe on what that means. Because I mean, you know, anybody that spent five minutes on a Facebook private room in any of the photography, that whole cost base cost plus, you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
cost of doing business versus cost of, I mean, that's like, you might as well just throw chum in the water of the sharks, like, cause everybody's going to be fighting over that. Well, but is, is this one of those situations where it's easy to, like you could say retrospectively, this is, this is how I would do it. Is it easy to say now? I mean, is it, well, yeah, well, sure. It's easy for you to say that now. Well, it is easy to, it, I, yes, of course, everything's easier to say now once you know, once something's been proven and you've been successful with it. Yeah, of course. You know, when you're like picking your teeth and you're with your Mai Tai, you know, you know, yes. toothpick. Yeah, yes. it's of course, it sounds great. But, yes. um, but really I did not stay competition based long. I, I, that was a very, very short, like literally six mm-hmm. months because mm-hmm. I could, I had run a business prior mm-hmm. and I could, I knew like very quickly, wait, this is not going to make money. Like I, I'm going to be paying people to work like my, so I think that you have to start there. The intention you know, like this, so we could say, with the, if you're listening to this podcast and you're in te- and you're not about money or you have no intention to make money, just move on to the inspiration podcast next. <laughs> just, just stop Skip now. Yeah. yeah, we don't. You don't need this. You know. Right. But if your intention is to be priced profitably and to make a sustainable living uh, or a nice living, then then you do have to address this. You do have to look at these harder things that creatives and right brain people don't really don't really love. We don't love the maths so much. The maths, yeah, yeah. So is that are those is that one of the biggest problems that you see is that it just comes down to photographers are super creative people and they don't like numbers and they don't No, because I think when the numbers are good and it's supporting a really nice lifestyle, then we love the numbers. Then (laughs) the numbers make us very happy. Right. So it's not that photographers are dumb at math. It's, I think part of it is valuing yourself. It's Mm. really hard. You know, like I said, when I had my store before it was like, okay, this pen that I got from this wholesaler cost me a dollar. I'm charging you $2. There was no like existential angst. Like I didn't make the pen. The pen wasn't my baby. You know, this is, you're selling your own work and that that comes with a, you just think that people are going to say like, you got to be kidding me or you're not worth it. Or there's just a whole host of things that we have in our mind. Um, and so I, I'll just say for my experience, um, when I, when I really did the numbers, when I did that exercise and looked at like how much everything costs from the lab, how much time I was spending on it, you know, so my time, the raw materials, all of that, and then applied that markup, you know, whatever that is, whether yeah. it's, you know, three, four, whatever. Um, I li- I literally, I don't want to be like gross, but like I had stomach problems. There were, there was problems for like three days. It was, it was Labor Day weekend. 2016. I remember this very clearly. And I, I couldn't sleep. I just kept thinking that I'm just not going to be in business then. I, I mean, there's no way anybody's going to pay this. So this is somebody who ran because the numbers were so high. Yeah. I ran a very successful business for 12 years prior to this. So Mm -hmm. this was not like I didn't know how to do business or anything like that. This was just like, okay, I can see that this is what the price has to be in order for me to pay myself and be profitable and right. sustain my family because this right. is what I've chosen to do. But I can, there's no way. And this is like, and I've heard this quote so many times. There is no way anybody is going to pay that. There's no way. And so then I thought the other, but the heart, so here was the hard truth. There's no way anybody's going to pay that. Then the other hard truth was there's no way I can proceed with this business unless I charge this. Mm. So, so those were two, the two things that I was up against. So charge it. Or, or move on to something else. So, so in my mind, th- those were my two choices. So I had to at least try it. So, so I, yeah. But in, in your, the worst fear scenario, right? When you're, mm-hmm. when you're on the front side of that decision and you're like, well, these people are going to say, no, they're going to say I'm crazy. They're going to, you know, I'll never see him again. I'll lose all these clients, et cetera, et cetera. That, that does happen to a degree. Does it not? I mean, you're not going to lose all your clients, but you'll, you'll, you might lose some clients. You might. Right. You might, or they might just buy less things instead of walking out the door after you've like 
literally sacrificed yourself on the altar of retouching and they they're carrying like they're loading their car up with every single product that you sell yeah. and yeah. you still didn't make any money for, they might right. for that same amount of money right right and be right. really really happy if you did your job right 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 so, so there's that, a there's a lot that goes into it there's there's definitely a lot that goes into it. What, then where to begin? All right. So right. someone's listening and they think, well, I'm the sure I'm the competition based person or we're not, we don't need to speak maybe to so much to the people that are, are, that are at the value based, you know, at the, if, if you got a $6,000 average, good on you, you know, keep, keep going. Right. But if someone's so if struggling to be 12,000, I mean, well, so, so sure. I think yeah, it's right. everybody. I think we, one of the one of my beefs sometimes with education in this industry is everything is geared to that lowest, you know, the, the either the beginner. I don't want to. Well, I don't sure. say lowest. I'm just going to say beginner. Sure. But I just feel like that if you're a if you're a striver and you're ambitious and you like want to think big, sometimes it's really hard to find that information, you know. And so I think we can have this conversation without dumbing it down, because the principles are absolutely the same regardless. And what so you can you can apply this if if you have a ten thousand dollar average you can apply this if you want to have a twenty thousand dollar average hundred percent. So where do you start? Okay, so I like that by the way. Yes, thank you for doing that. No, you're welcome. I just I know for myself I find that that when I remove the mental barriers I do better because I tend to put as human beings we put ourselves we like to put ourselves in boxes and I'm the I'm the guiltiest you know I, I'll never do this I could never mm. be as whatever you know mm. so I would say number one would be stop comparing yourself in any way shape or form to anybody else because there isn't there is no other you and especially in this business in particular you are a you are a market of one so that's it. You're, you're a market of one. Now, if you're anyway, so that's period. End of story. I'm not going to qualify that. Okay. Um, so competition-based pricing doesn't have any, it, in my mind, it does, I, I don't need to know what my co- competition is charging. It has no relevance. It has no relevance. Where it does have relevance is if you are shoot and burn only. So let's just say that you're selling just X number of files for a X number of dollars. Okay. So that's the, yeah. your only product. Yeah. Listen to the first in this series, because that is the most, uh, that now is what back in the day they used to say, Oh, the most price sensitive thing was how much is your eight by 10. Right. A set of files for X number of dollars is the most price sensitive product on, out there. Period. Yep. That's correct. So that's where that's where you may find yourself doing the side eye and going, okay, what is everybody else charging? Mm-hmm. Still don't think you should, but so if you but if you've brought products into your business, you're decided that you're going to do a finished product of one kind or another, whether that's wall art albums, you know, what have you, then we we don't need to know what anybody else is charging. Doesn't matter because you don't know them. It's like your mom said, worry about yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't know if they have a studio, are they home based? You don't know. If they're bad with money, if they're good with money, if they're smart, like it's the blind leading the blind. You don't, you don't want to be the blind. You'd want to go figure out your own situation. Okay. So you need to dig into that. That might, might require an Excel spreadsheet, which is a little bit scary, but actually it doesn't really even require Excel. It's literally like basic addition, subtraction, multiplication, maybe a little bit of division, but not a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm math challenged, truly. I, I, you know how you say you're illiterate if you can't read? I'm enumerate. <laughs> like, enumerate. I, yeah, I have, I have math problems. So, mm-hmm. so it has, I, but I love managerial accounting. I love what the numbers mean, but, but the numbers themselves sometimes can be a little less sticky. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then what do you do? Okay. So you. you so I do what I want. What I did is I I just took those formulas. I went and figured out, okay, this eight by ten at White House Custom Color costs. You know, I don't know what they are now, like three bucks or something like that. Am I going to mount it? Is it going to be sprayed? Is it going to be? You know, how is it? Then what am I putting it in? Is it going in whatever? And so that's all just the hard 
costs, fixed right? Costs. You have that's fixed just, costs. Yeah, that's just that. Then I then I how many people generally are average are in a picture? So how many heads are we retouching on average? Okay. And how much time does that take? Right. And then how much time does it take me to call a session? And you know, all of these sorts of things, and I'm breaking that out. And so there's like a lot of time. Yeah. I always put that time in there because right. the, the actual you find that the cost the actual hard cost of the materials is the usually the least expensive part of the whole thing. So if you're just basing it on cost of materials, you're, you're not looking at the full picture. You've do you def- consider how much it would, do you come up with that number based on your own time or is that number a product of how much it would pay you to have somebody else do that? Is that how you come up with that number? If I based it on my own time, it would be so incredibly expensive because I know expensive. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. So it would be if I had to outsource it, uh-huh. like if the lab was going to do it or I was going to outsource it to somebody, like how much is that retouching? Like right. At the bare minimum, how much would that cost? I, I'm basically taking what my employees actually cost okay. me. Sure. To have that done. But if I was outsourcing, I would just look at like if it was, you know, retouch up or whoever else they're yeah. you know, outsourcing things to, how much does that cost on average? Right. right. And then put that in. And then once you have that number, then you times that by whatever you want your markup to be, whether that's mm-hmm. four, five, you know, whatever. What are what are you hearing? I mean, what what do you I don't know, or we do you want to talk about percentages? <laughs> Well, you're starting, you're start, I guess what I'm getting at is that you're throwing out number one, which I think is a good idea. You're, you're embracing number two and starting there foundationally. Right. And I think you said earlier that that's, that's like your ground floor, right? You you start there, but understand that that's, that's the the bottom rung of the ladder, so to speak. What does the, So here, maybe this is the big question. I get all that. And that makes sense that, but what does it look like then to go into value-based pricing from that ground floor? And what factors do you consider? I'll I'll throw out something real fast from myself. I would, I used to tell people, you know, you kind of have to look at your own lifestyle and what your own desires are and how you want to live and how, you know, your family and like those factors, like, do you, do you want to drive a Ferrari or do you need to live in a, in a mansion? You know what, you you know, whatever that looks like, right. Do you like, do you like to eat at Morton's or are you good running through McDonald's? Like you start to factor in those decisions as far as what you need to do value-based. Now, the first thing I I'm thinking of when I say that is what you told me at one point is that not to look at something and say, how can I get $5,000 for this? You said, how can I create something that's worth $5,000? Complete for sure. frame of mind switch. But how is one married to the other or is it at all? I, I don't know. I kind of, I don't, I've never really liked that. Like what lifestyle... I mean, I think but it's a factor. It's a huge factor. I know. Is it I know. Not? Like I have seven kids, you know, I right. mean, that you have two, you know, you need more, right. need more. but I, I don't, I don't, when I am pricing my work, I don't tend to think in those terms. I really yes. am looking at like in the mind of my client, like what is, how can I make this worth but that they feel like this was, this was pricey, but it was, so incredibly worth it, you know, so I'm trying to put, not put the focus on me, even though obviously I'm running the business, I want to get paid from it. Like the horse, you know? So I think, um, yes, which actually brings me to a different thought. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to divert here. Um, but the thought of that when we don't price it, right. So, so those that are listening to this, that are like, this is making me very uncomfortable. You know, I don't like this. And when you go to list those costs out and you, and, and really, I don't care how long you've been in business. I don't care if you're running a studio that's pulling down a million a year. Don't care. 
You need to look at this every single year. You need to look at, because there's going to be holes. There's going to be problems. And really it's like looking, nobody, and nobody wants to look at it. It's like looking, it's like tracking your food and looking at your calories. Nobody oh wants gosh. to know that number. Nobody wants to know that number because we all think, well, you know, it was about 1500 today, I think, you know, except for that half a dozen donuts that I pounded on the way to work or whatever. Right. So it's the same thing. Oh, I, I know. I know how much it is. Like, I, I know generally I don't need to I don't need to really mm. look into it. But once you do look into it, then that knowledge becomes power. And it, but there's pain before the power. Yeah. You know, it's it's just painful. Yes. But if you never look at it, then you don't actually really know. And so anyway, I just had to say that. So then what happens is when we're not charging enough, we get into this, what I call in like adversarial relationship with our clients. Okay. So Mm, any policy that you have that creates an adversarial relationship with your clients and by adversarial, I mean, negative Mm -hmm. them against us. Okay. So it, and so that can be anything that could be like your adversarial contract that you're sending out to your client before a session that says you need to initial here that if you wear like circus tent stripes across your arse, that I'm not responsible for retouching that, that if your kid cries, I'm not responsible for snot running down their face. I mean, you know, you, you've seen those contracts, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's an adversarial, like negative thing, because yeah. what you've done is you've made a policy for all those pain and the butt people that have made your life hard. So you're just yeah. making these policies. So what happens with pricing negatively is something like this. It's an inner dialogue, which as you're retouching or you're doing something for a client and they've beaten you up and you're like, well, they're only paying 20 bucks for this eight by 10. So I am not doing eye enhancements or whitening teeth. Like what do they expect for $20? Right. So you get into this negative death spiral Mm -hmm. and you, you're, you're trying to protect yourself and not give them as much things because they're not paying as much. Right. Right. But let's think about this. You're punishing the person who's not paying very much and who set the price. You're punishing somebody else for something that you're responsible for. Right. So nobody's going to come in and go, you know what, Jed and Vicki, like I, this heartbreaking image that just makes me want to sing every time I look at it. I see here that you've only charged me $50, but you know what? I'm going to pay you a hundred because it is so worth it to me. It's never going to happen. They're just going to be like, great. Give me 10 of them. Yeah. They're going to load up their car with everything that you sell and you're going to go be broke. Yeah. Yeah. And mad, right? But the opposite happens when you charge what you're worth, even that scary thing. You you figure out the reality. You have the scary, you look and you see what that price needs to be, you charge it. And so this is what happened to me over that Labor Day weekend. I went back and was sick for three days, realized that basically I had, had doubled my prices. I had my first view and order with a client that month, that Tuesday after Labor Day weekend. And she came in and I just, just moved forward. Here's like the a boss. This, like this, you this, just, this. you just. Yep. This is this, this is this. I'd been in business like six months. She spent $5,000. I just, yep. Of course, everybody, that's everybody that walks through the door. So that's no problem. How we, yeah, no that's how we roll here. Of course. I mean, yeah. And so I just didn't say anything, did the whole thing. She left and I, she left, walked out of my house because I was home-based studio and I, I shut the door and I slid down the door <laughs> and sat. And the, my first thought was the epiphany, which was, I am going to kill myself for her. This stuff is going to be so perfect and so amazing that she is going to be singing my praises no matter how much she paid. So that is a different, that's a different relationship. It's, it's what you've done is you've created something of value for your client. They've exchanged their value for your value. And you now have this mutually beneficial, respectful relationship that I, that it's going to be amazing. If that thing fades, I'm reprinting it in five years. If your kid knocks it off the wall with a Nerf dart and it cracks into a million pieces, I'm replacing it. You know, that's, that's a whole different mindset than I'm not making her butt look skinnier because she's only paying me 20 bucks for this. What does she expect? Let's say then, I, I think everything you're saying is fantastic. And I love that story. But 
that reminds me of a couple different stories. But in any case, let's say that you have the person that's listening to this and they're and they've maybe they've even done the cost base and they have their what they're finding out now is the lowest rung because they thought maybe to themselves, oh, I'm you know, I took care of this. I'm I did this already, but the value-based thing hasn't even occurred to them potentially. Right. Um, and maybe this is the value-based person as well. And, and they've come up with a price. They they were at like $800 for a 3040. And now after doing their the cost-based thing and, and maybe even the value-based thing, they're at like $1,600. You know, they doubled their price and or, or they're at $2,000 because they thought the value is, is more there. Uh, and they're and they're realizing that you know what that's still not where I think that should be for whatever reason. <clears throat> to say right. for whatever reason, how do you then determine when you're past all that those those steps? How do you then determine what its value should be? Ooh, that's such a good question. Well, I think that's it's personal. I mean, I, it really- I think it is too. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. But what sort of factors do you consider? I mean, let's say that it is very personal even, because I yeah. think it is at that point, right? Yeah. It, it, the, the spreadsheets don't have the, quite the effect at this point. I'm not saying that you can't look at data. I'm not yeah. saying that you can't factor in all kinds of different numbers if you want sure. to. But I feel like it's more than that. There's more... There's more there at this point. And yet I feel like it's a critical point, especially for the people that are already kind of there, like you mentioned before. And, 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 and it's also maybe difficult to make these sweeping generalizations at this point too, but take, take a hypothetical, um, maybe use yourself, maybe not, but where do you go from there? How do you determine what, in this case, that 30 by 40 should be? What's, what's reasonable or what makes sense? So obviously I'm always going to start with, is my, is my pricing up to date? Do I have the current, how am I, am I presenting this any differently than I had before? So let's just say that I want to make it more. So Mm -hmm. um, we'll just use round figures. Like it costs me 500. I'm charging a thousand. Okay. Just that's not my pricing, but let's just say that for round figures. And then I want to make it, um, let's say I want to charge 3000 for it. Mm-hmm. So if I want to do that, what is a $3,000 30 by 40 look like? So that's asking yourself those questions. What in, in my world, what does that look like? Okay. So what are my clients spending $3,000 for to hang on their wall? Are they? So those people that are spending that much on something to hang on their wall, sometimes, but not always might collect art. You know, so that's interesting. How is that? How is that presented? How is that sold? So that's interesting to me. How is it framed? Is it matted? Is it? You know, so these are just it's it's there. There's not a. Let me tell you the three step formula. For no, right, right. You know what I mean. So, right. it, but these then become conversations. So it becomes conversations with other photographers that are at you know that are working with the yes. same similar clientele. So you're looking at a different. That's a that's a clientele that is not DIY. They don't want to do it themselves. They do not want to. Like they they just want to bring their kids to you, have you create something and then you just show up and hang it. Like they can't, they're busy. They have stuff to do. Well, and and the way they're treated and, and the service that they're providing and the, or that they are provided and the experience that they have is, is infinitely more important. You get to the point where that's infinitely more important than the money. Yes. They know that it's a lot of money whatever that means. Um, But it also brings up something in my mind, like at some point you reach a level where you're not going to be charging enough for certain people. And $3,000 doesn't exist on their wall. You're looking at $30,000 before it's something that they're going to deem worth putting on their wall. Does that, is that we're getting into that 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd love to be, I'd love to be in that world, but, but, but actually, that, my point is that world exists. No, That's a world. The world totally exists. Right. Exactly. Cause how many times have you taught, have you heard photographers maybe working toward that higher end where they'll say, well, you know, my clients won't put family portraits on the wall. They, they have them in li- like little frames on their right. piano. Right. Cause they, they don't consider them in yeah. art. And I'm like, well, then you haven't, pos- you haven't positioned your work as art then. You got to position know? it as art. Yeah. You haven't pos- and, and if it's, you know, or their, their interior designer said, no, you know, we're not having fairy portraits in the dining room or whatever, you know, you need to work out a kickback for the interior designer. Right. Well, or you got to elevate your taste level and figure out your, (laughs) yeah, I know. You know, my sister's coming for you on that one. (laughs) I don't know whether she would come with me and be happy or she would come to me and be, and be upset because I'm talking about giving you money, Carolyn. If you're feeling like you don't have the control that you want in the processes in your business, meaning you shoot an amazing session, you get the client into an in-person sales meeting, and somehow it just goes wrong. Either what they said they want, they didn't really want, you weren't able to close the sale, there's just some problem along the way. I can really trace any of those kinds of problems back to not performing my client consultation correctly. And so I've developed a form for that. Our client consultation sheet that we use in our business every single day is available to you free of charge at dotherework.com. Go there, sign up, download it, and use it in your business. Start using it immediately and you will be amazed at how it improves the experience for your clients how it clarifies what it is that they want to purchase from you and what you want to shoot for them. It just gets everybody on the same page. You have all the information right where you need it and it just makes things better. So go to do the rework.com and download it there. But then I would also say I, I can feel, even though nobody's listening to this live, but I can feel people out there because I can remember listening to conversations like that when I was newer in the business. Yeah. Like, oh, brother, like that's such bull. Like nobody's going to spend that much money, blah, blah, blah. And just immediately turning off, like just turning off to this entire conversation. So I would just say to those people that are that are feeling a little angsty about this, open your mind. What if you did not limit what your clients could spend? What if you did not limit their experience? What if you, instead of saying, how can I charge more? It's like you said earlier, how can I make it worth more? So how can I, like, if I'm in it, what is a $10,000 single product look like? What is that? What would I have to do to make that worth that in the mind of my client? Not, not in my mind, of course, you know, we all work so hard. We would like to everything to be that, but like what in the mind of my client, what kind of experience? And so that's a, that's a high level question, you know, so I don't know if that's, helpful? Are we being confusing? Are we well, progressing I, down a road here? <laughs> what are we doing? No, no, no. I, I would, I would hope that it's being helpful in that what we're essentially saying, what I'm trying to say, what I hear you saying is that, you know, the, the, the thought process of no one's ever going to spend that is categorically untrue all the time at every level. For sure. It, it, it always is like, you could get to the point where you are selling a $10,000 wall portrait and be like, I need to, I want to bump this up to 20, but no one's ever going to spend that. You're wrong. Yep. You're wrong there. It's true. Yep. I, I've proven, I've proven all of those, those faults at every turn. And I'm having, I have to continually turn it over in my own mind. So let's just say that we've, we've gone back. People have done the hard work. They've gone back. They've looked at their costs and they've, they've realized like, Ooh, this needs to go up. And also I would really like it. I would like to be more profitable. I would like to have, you know, I would like to provide a better experience for my clients. So rather than I would like to be driving a Ferrari, I would like to be providing an amazing, better experience for my client, whether that means, you know, maybe you're wanting to go into studio space. Maybe you're wanting to um, frame things. Maybe you're wanting to have sexier packaging. Maybe you're whatever, like fill in the blank of whatever it is that you would, how you, do you really like to see your work be captured and delivered? And so that's, that's also the bigger question to me is how do you want to work? Do you want to work with less clients who spend more money so that you're not, you're not just busy, you know, you're, 
So, cause like we can all be busy. You can be free and you'd be really busy. You can be mm-hmm. super cheap and be super, super busy. You know, right. you can do many sessions every day of the week and be, and be busy. Um, or do you want to be, um, super, you know, super profitable and spend really amazing amount of time with less people somewhere in the middle, you know, so there's all different ways and there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, but it is, you do kind of have to realize that if you are going to be the only photographer in that business, there's only so you are an you are not an inexhaustible resource, meaning there's only, you're not like a machine that just goes 24 hours a day. There's only one of you. Yeah. So you have to know what your capacity is and then what point are you overbooked or whatever. So if you've decided, okay, I want to increase my prices, then that begs the question, how do you, how have you and Vicky done it? Like with your, do you do the increases over time? Are you just like adding like a a percentage every year or when you realize that there's an error, a a huge gaping error in your pricing, Mm -hmm. are you ripping the bandaid off or are you just kind of massaging that over a period of time? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, if it's a, if it's an error, a gaping error. I would like to think that we typically would rip the bandaid off. Yeah. Right. And there's different, obviously there's different ways to do that. Um, But you're a lot of times you're better off not offering it at all than you are offering it. If it's a gaping error, like you are describing. Um, But I, and the other thing is if if you do rip the bandaid off and something goes from, $40 to $240. And all of a sudden everyone's like, and they, and they do realize that and they decide not to buy it. You're better off. You're better off than if they buy seven of them, if it's a gaping error and you're losing money every time. So you keep, so I I like to keep that in mind incrementally. I think in general this, and, and I'll say this relatively loosely that if you're not raising your prices to some degree every year, then I think you're doing yourself you're doing yourself a disservice because I think people expect it for one thing. I think uh, the way that the economy works and the way that life works in general dictates that that's generally a necessity, right? And I'm talking about what two percent, three percent, whatever it is that you should be doing 10. every year, ten, forty percent, whatever, <laughs> whatever. And you know, I mean, because I, it goes back to, it goes back to me or it goes back to what we were saying earlier, like conceptually and the principles regarding these things, they exist at, at all levels, right? right? It doesn't matter at what level you are or, or how much experience you have. It's like when you're saying, oh, I want to, I want to make this product worth this and I want to make this product worth that. And I want to make these changes here. Well, those those changes that you're going to be making are going to be affecting your cost-based pricing structure, that bottom rung, that foundation that you have. So right away, understand that your rung, it's still the first rung. Yeah. But those, but that those cost-based that cost-based pricing analysis has gone up that much more. So your foundation itself has has risen when you make those changes. And I think that it's important that we're cognizant of that when we when we go that route. Then the value-based thing for me is like, I want, I want, I, I uh this happened to us when when we were when we were getting out of weddings and we just kept doubling our prices for weddings, but we found that we would we kept getting more, like the demand went up. It didn't go down, it went up. And what we were doing was we were pricing ourselves into upper tiers. Yep. And what, what we discovered, and I think this is what we hit on is there is no end to upper tiers. I right. mean, where it ends is like Elon and, and Jeff <laughs> and Bill. Yeah. I sure there's an end there, but I mean, we're not, there, there are so many, so many levels in between where we are. And what those people are capable of doing, uh, they, they might have 16 people below them in their own personal network of buyers sure. that are making those decisions for them. And so my point is, we doubled, we got more, we doubled, we got more. We got to the point where my wife was legitimately uncomfortable shooting a wedding 
for what we were going to ask the following year. And she said, you know what? I'm just pulling the plug. I don't want to do it. That's what it came down to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you discover when it's value, when you're looking at the value base and what I can offer and how I can make this worth this, whatever that is, there's no, there's no limit there. There just isn't one. Yeah. And I think that that's exciting. Totally. Yeah. Once we get, once we get out of our own way and, and, and I think everybody listening to this has had experience like that in one area or another in their life where you've realized, you know what? The only person in my way here is me. Like I, if this is just how I'm thinking about this, I've got this, you know, you just realize that you're just completely wrong, you know? Well, and, and if you take the things that you're interested in, take, Something, you know, everyone's got their own stuff that they're really, really interested in. You know, some people are really, really interested in cars. If you're really, really interested in cars, you know that you can spend whatever. I had, I, I'm really interested in like audio gear and home theater stuff. And my friend said to me, well, how much do you, how much can you really spend on that? They wanted some speakers. And I was like, well, what's your budget? Well, I mean, how much can you, can you spend? And I was like, I could go online and spend $5 million in 10 minutes. Yeah. And it, it, blew their mind. They they actually thought that I was incorrect. It's like, you can't do that. Yeah. I absolutely could. Yeah. Without, it wouldn't even be hard. Yeah. You know? And, and, and they're like, I just can't even believe that that's there. Well, that's fine that you can't believe that it's yeah. there, but just know that it is. It's fine yeah. that you think, oh, no one's, there. we had family members and our friends come in and say, you know, who, who's ever going to spend you know, the type of money that you guys are charging because they couldn't afford it or they didn't value it or they didn't want it or they thought it was stupid. Yeah. Or Whatever. like, like my husband, when he came into the business in 2013 and I sat him down and said, okay, you need to know what the pricing is so that you can talk intelligently about it. And he's like, okay. And so I told it, I showed it to him and showed him what the sizes were. And he's like, hun, hun, we cannot charge that for an 11 by 14. You have got, he's like, are you, he's like, so this is framed, right? And I'm like, no, that's not framed. What? There is no way. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a very bad beginning. And I'm going to need you to back off of that sentiment. In fact, you're not allowed to talk to clients until after yeah. the holiday season. Yeah. And then right. in December, in the end of December, after we've lived through September, October, November, December, then we're going to, I'm going to show you this again. And we're going to have a different conversation. And it was absolutely the truth after we went through all of that. And he was like, okay, these prices got to come up. <laughs> Cause he saw everything that went into it. The, uh, like he's over there doing the printing and like all this stuff. And I come in and like, Nope, the midtones are wrong. Nope. That, that black suit looks blue reprint it. Nope. The kid scratched it when we delivered it, reprint it. You know, mm -hmm. he saw everything that went into it, what we, the care and every, all the steps. And he was like, yeah, we got to raise the prices. So it's, Once it's interesting. We've gotten to the point where I, where I wanted to get now, because I, what I'd like to cover now is that once you do raise the prices, you get there, you did it. Yeah. What's that look like client facing? Exactly. You okay. So, <laughs> you know what? So, no, I, I'm glad you brought that up because here is what I, there's an alarming, there's a rash, a problem going on. And so people are like, say they raise their prices. Okay, they did it. They took the 10 months to do the new price list. Or 10 years. <clears throat> right. The existential angst has been mitigated in some form or another, like whatever. Okay. So now we're ready to go client facing. So this is what, these are the kinds of things I hear. Not from men so much as women. Okay. Which is okay. very interesting. Okay? Well, you went there. All right. I know, but I just have to say, I mean, I love my girls, but man. Um, okay. One is, Okay, so I've got it. Can you help me figure out how to craft the email to announce to everybody that the prices have gone up? Okay, yeah, you laugh, right? I do a little bit. And okay. um, then I've got a grandfather in, grandfather in all of my clients oh, that have worked with the me. Grandfathered in people, yeah, right, yeah. right. So what do you, what say you, Jed, Jed Toffer, to those to those two sentiments? You got to tell everybody. You got to broadcast it. There needs to be a Mailchimp. Why do, you, why do you have to tell anybody and why does anybody need to be grandfathered in? Those would be, those would be my very first questions for someone that feels as though I, I would say why. And then I would say, consider that neither one of those need to occur. Right. And at but, all. right. Exactly. Because like, when, when did you last get a, an 
email from your attorney saying that his hourly just went up or your dry cleaner or any other service that you have like going on in your life. Right. But I will tell you that I do. I have a cleaning service, cleaning lady that I love. She is notoriously underpriced. And about every five years, she realizes she can't make any money and she like doubles her prices and it pisses me off. And I tell her, just raise them a little bit every year. Cause then when you double, then I won't, I, it makes me, it yeah. makes me shop in other services because I'm like, yeah. holy crap. Whereas yeah. if you just did it, like bake me like the frog in the boiling water, I yeah. just need to be cooked slowly. Just slowly jump out. We don't even realize it. We're just like, oh, right. this is, this is still pleasant. Right. Which is a different metaphor than what we're talking about right now. Okay. So let's just say that you have to raise your prices significantly more than the, than the little temperature bump every year. Like you've realized that there's some areas where you've just really done it wrong. You need to, so, so just do it. Just do it. You don't need to do, you don't need to tell everybody you don't need to, because in my experience, clients don't really remember like, specifically this product costs this much, that product costs that much. They remember overall, the, the overall investment. That's been but, my experience. But Allison, if I just do it, yes, people are going to freak out and I'm going to lose clients. They will not. It's, I, think, I think that every single time I have, every single time I have raised my prices, I am sure that that is going to happen and has never happened. It is a non- You've never lost a client because of your prices going up. Not, nobody's ever said to me, I'm not coming because of your prices. I'm sure that over time, as I, as you know, I've changed the way that I work, Mm -hmm. you know, going from like unframed prints Mm -hmm. to everything's finished wall art, that sort of thing that there have been times where people have called and I've heard them on the phone with my, you know, employees going, um, Okay, well, so is there any way we can just get unframed prints or that that sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And then we might talk about that, but my price for my unframed prints is like not very much less than my framed prints. It's right. because value is the art. It's not right. what it's framed in, right? right? Right. So so that's so um, you know, and then you can you can hear them say, you know, I yeah, I think you I've had occasion where somebody's like, you know, it's not in the cards this year, so but we'll come next year. So it might have taken them from coming every year to every other year or from buying a lot of things to buying less things. But if they if I have provided them with the experience and the work and all the things that they're looking for and they're my ideal client, then they're going to come along with me. They just might have to spend a little bit less. Well, and you said, it. I would also submit that if you do lose a client or two or 30, that they weren't your ideal clients anyway. Right. But that's a scary thing when you're, that makes, when that thing right there just made everybody's sphincter clench that was listening to it. But I, but I don't, but I don't mind that. I don't <laughs> mind that because I want to give somebody a relatively realistic expectation. Right. And maybe, maybe it will go the way that it has gone for you. Maybe it will. Maybe, maybe it won't. But when I, but when, okay. So here's the thing you can't, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. I don't believe in raising prices in isolation, just like throwing it down and just double in the prices. And here you go. This is what we're doing, baby. And we're doing the same thing. There's a justification of why that okay. price has gone up. Yes. So I'm, I'm adding the value at the same time that the price is going up. Mm-hmm. I am adding value to that. So that might be how I talk about it. It might be the experience. Right. There might be more added to that. That doesn't necessarily mean like, bigger, better, more gold frame, you know, gold right. leaf, or it might not be a more expensive product itself, but the experience might be different. There might right. be more time and attention, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, so to talk about price increase in isolation without a value increase is that's very wrong. In my opinion, I, I think those two things have to go together. So if your prices are going up as a result of the, the value increase because of something else that you were doing or adding or changing, you're, you're upgrading the experience, so to speak. Yeah. And you've addressed the, as a result, you've addressed the cost-based pricing within that structure, right? Mm-hmm. You are then at a point where you are 
client facing, communicating that to them somehow. And maybe it isn't an email blast, but you're not sending the email blast to tell them that the price is increased. Right. You're sending them the email blast to tell them about the value add that you've created or added or upgraded. Yeah. Right. We're doing yeah. this now. Look at right. this. And Look so, what we're able to do now. Right. So rather than this like timid little like, okay, now, you know, it's so hard in a business that <laughs> costs go up and we want oh. to do everything. And so here's why we raised I laugh at myself. I laugh like, at myself. Apologetic, horrible. Right. You know, first of all, I, it wouldn't be an email to me. It would just be like the next time I see him and we have right. the conversation. It's like, yes. I am so excited. I have this new thing. It's going to be so great. We're right. going to do this, 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 and this. Right. And we're going to do that, 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 and that. And then I'm going to bring it and hang it on your wall. And it's going to be amazing. And so then they're like, oh, great. But even if you're putting, you know, if you're putting social media content out there, you're yeah. not putting your social media content isn't screaming. It was three hundred dollars, and yeah. now it's now eight ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. You're showing yourself on a ladder, hanging it on their wall. You're showing yes, their kids jumping all over you during right. a session. You're showing, you know, you're showing, right. and, and so that's why I say it's not necessarily that you're. When I say increasing the value, I'm not necessarily saying that you're making something more expensive for you. You might be doing exactly the same thing. It's just that you've all of a sudden realized your value. So going from the needy girl in the bar who's like totally hot, doesn't know she's hot, and is walking around going, please take me out, please take me out, and is a stage five clinger. Like nobody wants a piece of that. They know that that's a hot mess and they don't want that, right? <laughs> You're leaning into the mic. Okay. I have no idea what Whereas, you're like, talking about. Maybe wasn't even that cute. Okay. But it maybe isn't the most beautiful. Right. Hmm. But she walks in and she knows who she is. She knows what her worth is. She, you have a great time, you know, and then you're like, yeah, she's got it going on. I want it. I want that. You know? So it's the same thing. It's like realizing, recognizing, wait a minute, I'm doing a consultation I'm telling them what to wear. I'm yeah. I'm available by text to weigh in on outfits times seventy five. Right. I'm laying out their wall their their walls to show them how this should go in their house. Yeah. I'm weighing in on how it should be framed. I'm helping them like from beginning to end. Now I've always done that. Right. But I never valued it. Right. And I didn't value it. The clients are like, yeah, okay, great. Right. You know, you don't value it. They don't value it, right. but I can talk about that more. And then as I talk about it more and I value it more, I put more into it, which makes the experience for them better. Yes. It makes the outcome better. It makes the product, the actual art better because they're having a good time. They're relaxed. They're trusting me. They're not standing behind me, talking to their kid, telling them to look over here because they know I will kick them out. And then I've told them, you're not allowed to talk to your kid. It's going to be me and the kids against you. Like that we, because we've had the conversations, they know. And so then that art is just, a, 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 that's like a trophy of this family that they created. It's. Well, and all of those things that you're that mentioning are like the, that whole experience that you're mentioning is extremely associated both consciously and subconsciously with the image itself. Like if they, if they have that big wall portrait, all of those things that you're discussing are associated with that, with that photograph. Yeah. And conversely, if they have a poor experience, they can be associated with that for, you can have, you can have negative or positive associations with that. And as you, and I think as you, as those levels increase, um, the, the, the dollar amount that's associated with it starts to go away more. And those things start to take more and more, more and more precedent. Yeah. Um, or, or they're, they're that much more important. I, I know of somebody who told me that they know an artist, uh, he's a painter. He gets $150,000. He's gotten to the point where he can command like 150 grand yeah. for a painting. And he had somebody buy his painting in Texas big oil guy. And he said, you know what I want you to do? I want you to come down and show me where to put it in my home. So he said, he said on the fly, he said, Oh yeah, I do that. That's $10,000 fee. No problem. I want you to come down next week. Gotcha. I'm in. I'm in. So he goes down there, walks into this sprawling mansion 
And the guy's going to have a party. He's got the painting there. He's like having a party next week. Where do you think I should put this? I really want to showcase it. He walks into the guy's ballroom and okay. looks around. As, and looks as up, one does. As one does. As one does. Yes. As, it, as, as it goes. Yes. <laughs> he walks in and he said, looks around for about 10 minutes. And the guy's there. Just like, you know, watching where he's going to put this. He says, I think you should put it up there on the ceiling in that corner. The man was delighted. I never thought about putting a painting on the ceiling before. That's fantastic. Puts it on the ceiling in his ballroom. Has this big party, which this man is invited to, of course, and is walking around telling everybody, look at this. Look at this. This is, I just had this commissioned. It, it's done. I, I bring the guy, I fly the guy down here for 10 grand. And this is where he wants me to put it. Is that not the craziest thing? Look, so here that associate, I'm not saying that's what you should do specifically. What I am saying is you reach a level where they, that in and of itself is part of the experience and they have all those associations, right? Yeah. I think it's interesting when you're saying that the money part goes away. Actually, the money part never goes away, in my opinion. Well, I know, but but I think it's interesting. I'm just going to bring that back. I'm not contradicting you. I'm just saying that because like what this guy says, it becomes a, it becomes part of the experience. Yes, right. right. It It shifts. It It doesn't go away. It it morphs. Right. Yeah. For some, for some people, there's some that would never brag, but there would be like, I, I do, I want to be known. Like when people talk about me, my clients, I do want them to say, yeah, you know, I mean, it is not cheap, man, but you're never like your kids are going to have a great time. It is an awesome experience, you know? And I have had a client say to me, I had one client who spent six figures with me on, on oh, my word. and she, she said, sitting there watching how that all went down, I would have paid just for that. Like it was worth just seeing that that was worth everything. And I was like, really? So I don't, have let's, to just set, let's set up an appointment on Saturday. We can do this every week. Right. Like bring them anytime you want, but I'll make this happen every Saturday. But I just thought, you know, that's so interesting to me because what we're doing, we, we undervalue, we undervalue our time. We undervalue our talent because it's easy for us. You know, once you've mastered your craft, but that's easy for us. So because it's easy, we undervalue it. We undervalue how dare we ask for the money? How dare, you know, but yet we, if our best friend came to us and said, this is the, uh, this is everything I'm putting into this. And I want to charge this for it. Like, do you think I'm completely crazy? If it was your best friend and, they, and it was good, you would be like, no, it should be like three times that you would yeah. be so supportive and helpful of that. But we, right. we just won't do it for ourselves. And there's like, why is that? And so it's, it's not that you think that you're all that it's not that you are, you know, just want to stand on a stage somewhere and say, Oh, I charged X number of dollars, blah, 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 you know, once in my lifetime or whatever, you know? Um, and, and we've actually, I just had a, we had a conversation about this on clubhouse recently with a group of photographers where we, everybody kind of went into two camps. One went into the camp of like, well, I think it's better to only to get a, a, a steady, you know, two to $3,000 a sale than to occasionally get like a 10 or 20,000. And I'm like, well, I totally agree with that, but why don't we make the 10, why don't we try to structure our business so the 10 is the regular? You or know, turn, it, turn it into a both end. Yeah. like why, can, why does it have to be an either or? Right, right. So, but, but we do that as humans because we yeah. feel like, okay, if I'm not doing that, that means it's not possible. They're full of crap. <laughs> it's not real, right? right. 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 Right? I mean, women, oh my gosh, we're, we're genius at this. Like, Mm. you know, if you see somebody that's got like a, you know, a cute shape or a cute figure, you know, well, she's starving herself to death. You know, she never eats, you know, which is probably true says the fatty, you know, but you know what I mean? Like we, we can't just let them like, well, okay. How are you? How are you doing that? 
Like yeah. how would we do it? And so when yeah. you think about that, so because the, if the, if your knee jerk is there's no way anybody will pay that. So like you go home, you look up your pricing, you do your cost of goods, you do all that stuff. There's no way. Okay. So, so say that there's no way anybody's going to pay this, write it on a post note, set it over to the side and go, okay, what if they did? Mm. What would I need to do? How yeah. do I need to talk about this product? Yeah. What, what value do I need to communicate to my clients so that they would, where would I find the people who could, mm-hmm. you know? So it's, it's different questions. We're just, sometimes we ask the wrong questions because we, um, we get insecure and we just don't want to look at, we feel like maybe we aren't being successful enough or whatever, but if we can just take the ego out for a minute and think, well, how could I, and how could I make it again? not just charging more, but make it so worth so much more. Right. 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 To ourselves first, and then communicating that to our client. Brilliant. You likewise. (laughs) This, this was pricing. Our, our, our second in this series, we, we went over pricing today. I think it was a, a very good discussion. You, you always make me think about things. It's a little uncomfortable sometimes because you always make me think about things that I thought I had figured out. You know, I like having things figured out. I like, I like being on the other side of having things figured out and being like, I could put that away. Cause I, I got that figured out, but you always challenge that for me. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And if there's anybody that you know that you feel like would benefit from today's episode, please send it to them. And if you have a minute and you could give us a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, it means a huge amount to a small little tiny podcast like us. We would really appreciate any reviews. And if you go to at ATJ photo on Instagram and DM me, if there's something that you love, something that you didn't love, or something that you would really like to hear more about that would help you with your portrait photography business, I'm all ears. And I would love to hear what that is. But thank you so much for being here. And we'll see you on the next episode of The Rework. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework.com.